family welcome to another installment of black fashion history as you guys know by now we are the podcast the only podcast might i add that chronicles the contributions of black people all around the world to luxury fashion i am your host taniqua russ and we are in episode six so i hope you guys had a good week because i had a pretty great week and i can't wait to get into the goodies of today so first things first let's get into our black fashion spotlight this episode spotlight is going to be on lindsay peoples wagner lindsay peoples wagner is currently the editor-in-chief of teen vogue I discovered who she was last year when she penned an article on the experiences of black professionals in the fashion industry. I believe it was called Black in Fashion and there was a hashtag and she spoke with everyone from designers to stylists to models and just talked about what it's like being black working within the industry. It shed light on the experiences of people of color and it also discussed the things that a lot of black professionals are doing to make sure that there's more diversity and inclusion within the fashion industry as well as a space for people like me who are coming up to have our voices be heard and a platform to showcase more of us. So shout out to Lindsay Peoples Wagner for all of her work and we're super excited that you are heading up Teen Vogue. Congratulations on the completion of your first year as the editor editor-in-chief and we look forward to seeing so many great things so if you don't already make sure to follow Lindsay Peoples Wagner you can honestly just google her and all of her work is going to pop out read everything she does follow her on Instagram and Twitter you won't be disappointed so I just realized that I went through that whole bit about Lindsay Wagner and her being our spotlight for today and all of the amazing things that she does in the industry and I didn't explain to the newcomers what our spotlight is So for those of you who are just joining us, this is your first time at Black Fashion History, or it's your first time, excuse me, listening to Black Fashion History. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Sorry about that. And now let me give you the rundown. So the spotlight is the area of the show where we talk about black professionals in the fashion industry or black owned organizations in the industry that are creating a platform for others or celebrating black culture. So that's what our spotlight is all about. That's why we're shouting out Lindsay Peoples Wagner. And now that we're all on the same page, we're gonna head into our black fashion vocabulary term for this episode. Now our vocab term for each episode, it's something that's either specific to fashion or specific to black culture, but it generally helps us as a family here understand the person that we're talking about a little bit better. We learn a new fashion term and we learn a new word that we can sprinkle into our everyday language so we can sound a bit smarter, maybe a little bougie, but most of all, chic. So today we have two words. Our first word is sportswear. Sportswear is a term that was originally used to describe separate, but since the 1930s, it's come to be applied to day and evening fashions of varying degrees of formality um, that demonstrate something more relaxed and something that's suitable for a wide range of special occasions. 
The term and idea of sportswear was created to cater to the needs of American women whose lives were becoming increasingly fast-paced. So they were not only staying in the homes, but they were also going out to work, going out to social events. And sportswear was something that described separates or coordinates that could be easily mixed and matched. Our second term is streetwear. Streetwear is a style of casual clothing. It commonly centers on casual, comfortable pieces such as jeans, t-shirts, hats, sneakers, sweatshirts, hoodies, all of those kinds of things. Think about Fear of God, Supreme, uh, even Yeezys at one point in time. All of those things are considered streetwear. And speaking of brands like Supreme and Yeezys, before they even existed, before there was even an off-white, a fear of God, a supreme, anything like that in the streetwear space, there was Willie Wear by Willie Smith. He was a pioneer in sportswear and streetwear, and he coined the term street couture. He was one of the most successful black fashion designers in the history at the time of his death in 1987. And... I will tell you all about Willie Smith right after this quick ad. So you want to start a podcast, right? I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top of the line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, to get started today. Now, let's get back into our content. Designer Willie Smith was born Willie Donnell Smith in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on February 19, 1948. Smith studied commercial art at Massbaum Technical High School and fashion illustration at the Philadelphia College of Art. His artistic talent earned him two full scholarships to Parsons School of Design in New York City in 1965. And if you are a fashion buff, you know Parsons is the place to be for studying fashion design or anything that has to do with the fashion industry. He left Parsons at 19 to freelance and work with other designers. During this time, he also started a business with his sister, Tookie Smith, who you may know as Eva Raleigh on 227. She was also the first black model to have a mannequin made in her likeness. So they were basically just a family of black excellence. The company that they created was acquired by 7th Avenue Firm, and unfortunately, Willie Smith's vision was lost in this acquisition, and when he wanted to leave, he basically had to sue 7th Avenue or the 7th Avenue Firm for the rights to his name. 
1976, Willie Smith partnered with Laurie Mallet to launch his line of women's wear under the label Willie Wear Limited in a showroom off of 7th Avenue in New York City's Garment District. And remember what I said in last week's episode, 7th Avenue is the Wall Street of fashion. So if you want to be the who's who in fashion, then you go in 7th Avenue. So for Willie Smith to have his women's wear line started and then also open up his showroom on 7th Avenue was a big deal. And to show you how much of a big deal Willie Wear was, it was in 500 stores across the United States and Europe and it grossed over $25 million a year. That is over $56 billion in today's money. That is a lot of money. That is part of the reason why he's known as one of the most successful black designers in history. Willie Smith's Willie Wear line was characterized by loose fitting silhouettes and brightly colored natural fabrics, bold prints. It was very witty, very fun, very out of the box. It was also sophisticated, but most importantly, it was affordable. And before anyone else thought to do so, Willie Smith blurred the lines between high and low fashion. Uh, So his clothing was visually couture and high-end, but the cost was nice and cheap. His clothes were very lightweight, comfortable, oversized, and of course made of natural fabrics. But it wasn't made to break the bank. It was made to be accessible to everyone around. He always said that his clothes were for the people. He said, I don't design clothes for the queen, but for the people who wave at her as she goes by. He accredited much of his inspiration and talent as a designer to being black. Willie Smith once says, being black had a lot to do with my being a good designer. Most of these designers who have to run to Paris for color and fabric combinations should go to church on Sunday in Harlem. It's all right there. And as a black church girl myself, I can tell you Mr. Smith is not lying. We are such a vibrant and colorful people. All you have to do is walk into one of our neighborhoods, go to church. That's where you're going to see the best fashions. And you'll see the mix of black cultures and beauty and colors. So it's no surprise that Willie Smith knew that he didn't have to go overseas, go to France or go to the places that were typically considered fashion forward to find fashion inspiration. It was all right there in our community. In 1978, he added menswear to the Willie Wear brand. This would make him the first designer to ever produce menswear and womenswear under the same organization. He was also the first to mix bold stripes and checkers, plaids and prints and colors and incorporate two plaids in a single design, especially in men's clothing. So before Willie Smith, people were not mixing prints and they for certain were not mixing prints in men's clothing. But Mr. Smith stepped outside of the box and created a whole new lane of fashion. And that's why Vogue magazine credits him with changing the way that men and women dress for work, for special occasions, and for every moment of their life. He was known for designing both sportswear and streetwear, and so his clothes really took everyone from day to night to weddings to cocktails to chilling and lounging, whatever they needed. 
1971, he became the youngest designer ever nominated for a Cody Award, which is the fashion industry's equivalent to the Academy Award. And in 1983, he actually won the Cody American Fashion Critics Award for Women's Fashion, and he was the second black designer to win that award, the first being Stephen Burroughs. Just an aside real quick, Stephen Burroughs is on my wish list of guests for this podcast, so if y'all know him, hook your girl up, please. (laughs) All right, back to Willie Smith. In 1985, he won the Cuddy Sark Men's Fashion Award, and in 1988, the New York City mayor at the time, David Dinkins, proclaimed February 23rd, Willie Smith Day, in honor of all of his achievements. Willie Smith, always the trendsetter and innovator, designed a suit for the groom of Carolyn Kennedy, who is the daughter of the late president, John F. Kennedy. And this was a navy blue linen suit with a silver tie, which ended up becoming the talk of the town. Everyone loved it because it was out of the box. It was not traditional and it was something that we hadn't seen men in at the time. After this wedding, Willie Smith got what I think is one of the coolest assignments ever. He was asked to design the wedding gown of Mary Jane Watson for her marriage to Spider-Man in the comic book though. I think it's so cool to look in the comic book and to look at the movies and say, you know, a black man had a hand in this somewhere. He also did the costume design for the Miss Mission College Court gowns in the Spike Lee movie School Days. If you haven't seen School Days, stop this podcast right now and go and rent School Days off Amazon Prime or wherever you can find it, Apple, iTunes, I don't know. But go rent School Days. There's so much black excellence and black history and black culture in that movie. It's worth the watch. And when I found out that Willie Smith designed the court gowns for Miss Mission, uh, I was floored. I stated this in the intro and I'm going to say it again. Willie Smith was a pioneer of streetwear with his Willie Wear label. He is the reason why we can have brands like Off-White, Fear of God, Supreme, Yeezy, And believe it or not, he's the reason why we even have celebrity clothing collabs. So think about Nicki Minaj with her Fendi prints on or Fenty Puma before Rihanna was doing Savage X Fenty or Fenty, the brand under LVMH. She was doing Fenty with Puma. That's a celebrity collab. Think about Gucci and the recent collab that he just dropped with Gucci celebrity collabs all pioneered by Willie Smith. He trailblazed the idea of collaborations between artists, performers, and designers in his 1983 Street Couture collection. The Street Couture collection and show merged fashion with art and music performance. You know, Willie Smith described Street Couture as being comfortable and whimsical clothes that the ordinary person could afford but also appeal to the wealthy and famous. Again, back to that idea of being a designer for the people. The show featured a mix of some 200 pieces of his work, including videos, sketches, patterns, photographs, and garments, some that he made in collaboration with artists like Keith Haring and Bill T. Jones, as well as the Arnie Dance Company. 
When I think about Willie Smith Street Couture Show, I think about it as being a predecessor to some of the productions that Kirby of Pyre Moss puts on and even the Savage X Fenty show that Rihanna just put on that's currently streaming on Amazon Prime, by the way. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. But it's really more than just a show. It's a production that brings in different aspects of not just fashion culture, but black culture and pop culture. There's the added layer of artists and performances, as well as other celebrity collaborations to just really give you something to be engaged with outside of just the clothing. Willie Smith was also the first designer to ever make his presentations on videotape. He's kind of like a pioneer of video marketing in the fashion world. He once traveled to Senegal and created a film featuring his newest collection in which he played all six parts that were portrayed in the film. So when you look at the videos that you see by Chanel or Gucci or Fendi for some of their campaigns especially Chanel because Chanel is known for putting on a great show during New York Fashion Week like people look forward to the Chanel show because they know it's going to be a grand production and they incorporate a lot of video into their show but the reason why that's even a thing now is because Willie Smith was one of the first, not one of, the first designer to do that. And not just any kind of video, but to create films and stories, really pulling in that art and performance element into fashion. In 2020, Willie Smith will be honored with his first exhibit after his death at New York's Cooper Hewitt Museum. The exhibit will run from March through October 2020, and I'm definitely going. And of course, it's inspired by his 1983 street couture show. Willie Smith died in 1987 after a fabric sourcing trip to India as a result of complications with pneumonia. It was later found that he had HIV, which contributed to his death at the early age of 39. At the time of his death, he was known as by far the most successful black designer for men and women in America. Times fashion editor Betty Jane Levine summarized Willie Smith by saying, He brought to clothes a sense of fun and wit, and yet his designs were very wearable and affordable. He was true to himself, knew where he came from, knew what he wanted to give the world, and he had a terrific sense of humor. And that's all she wrote, guys. Thanks for listening to Black Fashion History Podcast. If you'd like to know where I get my sources from, make sure to check out the description of this episode in Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast if you want to see photos of Willie Smith and his designs. I've been slacking over the past couple of weeks of like showing the designers and their work, but I promise y'all I'm going to get it together. And this week you will see Willie Smith and his stuff. Promise you that. And as always, if you love this episode, please do me a quick favor and subscribe, rate us five stars, leave us a quick review, follow us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. But the most important thing, join me again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye!